0: Everyone. Welcome back to the Wada Hockey Podcast. This is episode three. Uh, this is Fink joined by Jason and Patrick. Um, guys, how is your week going? Actually, uh, let's let's the elephant in the room. We just survived one of the biggest duds of a storm. I think Dallas has seen in recent memory.
1: Uh yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. For
0: for those that are tuning in on a later date, which is gonna be everybody because we gotta edit this. Uh Patrick has to edit this. All credit to Patrick on editing. Um, we just had a big storm on Tuesday night before Thanksgiving and basically had tornado sirens. It delayed our recording this podcast, and then it sprinkled a little bit and the winds got a little gusty, and that was that.
1: No, like it. It was really weird because uh, Patrick and I were kind of like in the room already, like ready to uh, to start talking. He was like, "Dude, uh, your your microphone's kind of picking up some some sirens." I was like, "Oh, oh, don't worry. Like my my wife, she's watching Chicago Fire <laughs> right now, so we're good. We're good. I'll just <laughs> like that." And then next thing I know, like I'm starting to get notifications for tornado sirens. It was funny. <laughs> yeah, same. I live right
0: next to left field, and the sirens were buzzing. And so uh, we all kind of collectively went, okay, um, let's let's take a 30 minute breather and hope that no one's houses gets blown over. So luckily we're safe. Patrick, uh, where you guys are in the same kind of area. Did you guys get anything besides rain?
2: No, I stepped outside for a minute and listened to the tornado sirens, but uh, just heavy rain, some thunder uh, had to. Like I told you guys earlier, had to bribe our dog with carrots so that she would calm down a little bit. She is not a fan of storms at all.
0: A solid, a solid ten out of ten move. Intruded true Texas form, on going outside to check on the uh, the tornado sirens to make sure that they're, in fact, actually yeah, they're actually sirens. going off.
2: I'm not just imagining things. I'm not listening <laughs> to the Chicago Fire. You never know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, we've all survived. Hope everyone's safe. Hope no one had any tree branches blow over on cars or any homes or anything like that. Um, But welcome back, everybody. Episode three. We are here Tuesday, November 24th uh, is the day of today. And we've got another fantastic episode for you, even though it's the third one. They're all fantastic so far. Uh, Make sure to stay tuned through the entire episode. We do have a special announcement coming up at the end. Uh, regarding a guest in a episode soon to be recorded so definitely stick around for that. you know it is the off season not a lot going on especially since the storm ah, 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 no pun intended has calmed on the releases of the blackout and now reverse retro jerseys which we'll be getting into in a second uh, but first I think the biggest thing that was on everybody's mind is the genius behind we're not going home. And the wizard behind the media of the Dallas Stars, Jeff Tote, gave us this fantastic documentary, We're Not Going Home. If you have not watched it, please, please, I beg of you, if you have any source of hockey fandom in your body, if you don't even go watch this, it will make you fall in love with the coaches, the players, everyone from the back to the front of house. Um, what did you guys think of this documentary? What What was your take on it after your initial feeling after the documentary is over and you had to relive that sadness uh, of, of the stars ultimately losing the Stanley Cup?
1: I mean, I know it was a pretty emotional roller coaster for myself. Uh, super bittersweet. You get to relive those moments with them. uh, I kind of experience the same pain that they felt. I mean, except they are the ones who are actually working out there for it. It was great. I mean, you got to see the raw emotion that was there, and it was honestly one of the best videos I've ever seen.
2: It's definitely worth watching on YouTube, because if you watch it on Fox Sports Southwest, they censor out all the swear words, which really adds to the atmosphere. But aside from being expertly shot and edited and produced and just well put together all around... It's a really nice look for Stars fans and really just hockey fans in general. Uh, yeah, I
0: mean the unedited version is the premier version. I think um, for anyone that isn't familiar with with what hockey talk sounds like, doesn't matter if it's uh, you know men's hockey, women's hockey, co-ed hockey. There's gonna be shit talking. There's gonna be cursing and. Not being able to worry about it being bleeped out was honestly some of the best <laughs> some of the best parts for me. The the initial time when Jamie Ben was sitting at the podium with Miro High Skin in, and he goes, All right, let's hurry up. I got shit to do. My eyes were so wide, I got <laughs> chills. I shouldn't, I'm 33 years old. I shouldn't be getting chills from some guy that's about my age or younger saying shit. Like <laughs> I was just. Beyond happy, and like I was like, buckle up, Jeffrey boy, we're in for a wild ride. Um, uh, I think the biggest surprise for me was how much uh, bonus l- likes to toss around the f word like, just like it's nothing. I won't say it too much on here because you know, for the kids, but yeah, he was just f this and f that, and you guys are f it better than this. What the f was that at the end of the game? And speaking of bonus, I and I, I'm sure you guys will probably mirror this emotion. I tell you what, I wanted to run through a a two to three layered brick wall before I could run through Fort Knox uh, after watching that documentary and seeing the way bonus treats his players and the passion that he brings in. That man does not act like he's a day over 40 years old. And I think he's what, like his upper 60s. He's the oldest uh, head coach in in Stanley Cup history or, or right there at it. Um yeah, I don't know. Like what what are some things that you took away outside of the fact that Bonus is a, is an all-time go for the way that he treated that team?
2: One thing I'll say and I'll come back to Bonus that I noticed is John Klingberg is one of the goofiest shit talkers I've ever seen. Between the way he swears and just his general cadence and that Swedish accent that he has. I was cracking up so much at him during that whole documentary. Yeah,
0: Jason, I don't know how you feel about that. I was surprised. I definitely did not expect him to be as big of a, of a nuisance as he was, especially when he's a little lean guy. He's not the Jamie Alexiac type where he's a big, brooding character. Uh, you know, that was
1: weird. This was what I was talking about in the last episode about when we were asking about who's going to step up now and be the enforcer. It, it's Klingberg, man. Like, he was the guy. He's the guy talking the shit he you know, he's your enforcer like that's the guy who you, he's going to be the pesky person. That's the guy that you needed. And and it's great to hear all the chirps and, uh, you know, and, and how friendly most of them are. Like, I, I do think for the most part, I, hockey players tend to be when they chip, you know, at you, you know, they're they're still nice about it. Half of them are Canadian anyways. Right. They're going to apologize. Yeah, yeah. after after. Yeah. Way-
0: way to pump your own tires and bring up that past episode saying that you already called this. What a, what a tire pump. That was beautiful.
2: <laughs> That's a that <call>, <laughs> I, just... I think, I think you were probably watching that
0: documentary <laughs> sitting on it going, Oh, I can't wait to bring this shit up. Daddy's back you guys. And I know who I'm talking about.
1: Exactly. No, it's definitely, <laughs> I was re-listening and just going back through and making sure I didn't sound like an idiot, but yeah, it was definitely, <laughs> you could definitely catch it. So,
0: yeah, I, I mean, it was just, it's just such a, fun experience to be put and be that immersed now i do have to put I say this too and this is an ode to, to jeff toads the fact that the team is as comfortable as they were with him being in the locker room because i think you don't get that with a lot of other teams um, I, I don't know where it was that i read this and i'll have to go back and, and cite it but i just i read that Totes has a relationship with that team that is unlike any other in the NHL with their media people and that they felt very comfortable with him being in the room, using that footage that maybe a lot of other teams wouldn't let you use. And I think the biggest example um, was the heart-wrenching ending when Jamie Bend is sitting in the locker room after they've been eliminated from the Stanley Cup final and he's by himself, and I believe it was Matias Yanmark walked up to him, shook his hand patted him on the head and jamie ben while the entire team had up and left hadn't even taken his skates off and you just look at that and go that guy is supposed to be this this big tough brooding character this most this super physical guy and he's just you could tell you felt like the defeat in his body and so being able to have totes in that room and and have those cameras there and then get the okay from Jamie Ben, because he had to ask Jamie Ben if it was okay. And luckily Jamie Ben said, yes. Uh, I I, I would say that that really showed us how immersive this team is from top to bottom. So I I will say this much. And and then we'll we'll wrap up this segment and I'll ask you guys another question about it, but I was surprised. I didn't see a lot of gradual I, I really thought we would see more Radulov because he is such an animated character. Is there anyone that you guys thought you might see more of or, or saw more of that you didn't expect outside of Klingberg?
1: I think maybe to keep it family friendly, they cut a lot of uh, Radulov out. I mean, I know there was a lot of, uh, you know, the, the unedited stuff on YouTube and everything, but maybe it was just too much. I don't want to, you know, stereotype uh, the crazy Russians and everything, but maybe maybe there's something to it. Maybe, yeah, I, yeah, I could see it's him. A possibility. I could
2: see him swearing like a sailor just constantly, and that doesn't necessarily make for good film, even as entertaining as it would be. Yeah,
0: I mean that's that's a good uh, that's a good way to look at it. I didn't even think about that. Um, but we all got our fill of Dobby. God bless him. And, and honestly, I think that's all you can ask for. And Bishop, Bishop was another guy that you actually saw a little bit more of, and you could tell that even though he was injured, he wanted to be a part of the team. And that's something that I, I, as a fan, watching from the outside in, like really appreciated because if I'm in his situation and I get knocked out that early in the playoffs and that's pretty much the wrap on my season, I mean, I'm bummed. So, you know, to see him immersed with that locker room and that team was really refreshing. I think we saw a lot more of him than I think anyone really expected. Um but yeah, final thoughts on the uh, the documentary. It's up on YouTube. Ah, uh, Patrick, what, what's your what's your final uh, what's your final thought? I mean, that was basically the uh, kind of the the turning of the knob on the door of the of the season.
2: So I, obviously, I really loved it. It was a great hour of film. I wish there had been more discussion around the injuries, which, for whatever reason, you know, HIPAA privacy, just general team discretion. Wasn't really included. I just was hoping that we would have gotten more insight and inside the training room, maybe some footage of them testing legs and arms and whether they can go in practice. So I just wish we had gotten a little bit more of that. But I can certainly understand why they left more of the injury uh, discussion out.
0: Yeah, for sure, Jason. What What do you think? What was What was your take on the uh, the bow on the end of this season?
1: I think they did a really good job capturing absolutely everything that they could do. And it was, it was perfect. It was, it was what we needed to kind of get over the whole it's over deal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I cried a couple of times in it, but. (laughs) I mean, uh, if you, I mean, who didn't. I I think it was just, it was closure on the end of the season. It It was perfect.
0: Yeah. I agree. It's what we needed. And, uh, Kudos, all the praises, all the thanks to Jeff Totes because I believe he spent the entirety of almost two months editing that down, um, if not right there at two months. So uh, speaking of the goalies that we just brought up, Anton Hudobin and Ben Bishop, uh, the NHL Network brought out a top 10 goalies in the NHL list. Uh, And this is something that I I reached out to you guys the moment I saw it, and I really wanted to touch on it because um, it's, one, it's almost perfectly accurate. And two, I say that because both of our boys are in the top ten. Uh, just a real quick rundown from one to ten. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky of the Tampa Bay Lightning, whatever, we knew that. Tukarask from the Boston Bruins, I mean, yeah, probably. Connor Hellebuck from the Winnipeg Jets, not a surprise there. Number four, Ben Bishop, Dallas Stars, when he's healthy, can absolutely see that. Uh, Jordan Bennington, meh, whatever, number five, don't like you. Uh, number six, Carey Price, stand-up guy, Montreal Canadiens. Definitely agree with that. Uh, number eight, Darcy Kemper from the Arizona Coyotes. I mean, he had a standout season last year. Uh, big shout out to the uh, Paul B. at Phoenix. Uh, wait, what? Arizona Coyotes. Um, eight, Robin Leonard from the Vegas Golden Knights. You've got him and Mark Andre Fleury there in the Golden Knights at the or for the Golden Knights rather, deadly duo. Uh, number nine, Jacob Marstrom, Calgary Flames actually got uh, shifted over from the Vancouver Canucks to the Calgary Flames. So huge pickup for them, number nine in the NHL. Number 10, our boy, our heart, uh, number 35 on his back, number one in your hearts, Anton Hunobin. Uh Guys, we have two of the top 10 goalies, according to the NHL Network, on the Dallas Stars. When was the last time you think we could ever say that?
2: Not any time recently, that's for sure.
0: I was gonna say I don't think I don't think there's been a time where we could
1: say that ever like I don't go through the history of the entire NHL you know it's it's not there i I just yeah, i don't I don't see it, I don't see that we ever had it. I
0: mean, you've got letnin, uh, I think letnin was once backed up by Miami, but they were no near nowhere near the top. You had turco, I mean, you've got guys like Andy moog uh I don't I mean ooh. aside from F.L obviously who took us to the promised land twice and won the, the cup for us once, but no one ever talked about, you know, Belfort's backup. And I think the NHL was a different league back then when, when backups were truly backups, there wasn't as much of a split time. So both of our boys are in the top 10. And I mean, if that doesn't put you in a great mood, I, I don't know what will. I mean, Jason, you, you and I played a little bit of beer league hockey uh, past Wednesday, played against a guy who Ah uh, was uh, shot in the leg. Yeah, absolutely. a bullet go in and out of his calf. Yeah, yeah. Patrick, we didn't yeah. tell yeah. you about that. Yeah, uh, not a big deal for that guy. But I believe he was he was chosen
1: in the draft. Was is that something that we heard tossed around? Yeah, I I didn't quite get all of that, but yeah, I think he said he was definitely in the draft. So
0: you know, you know what? For our sakes, we'll say he was because it makes us that much better. Um i don't back skate that's going to be my new tag going forward (laughs) what's up my name's fink i don't back skate but yeah uh just being on the ice with someone of that kind of like caliber where they have the opportunity to go to that level it's it's insane to see the the flexibility and the reaction time of of those of those guys between the pipes i mean jason where where do you think this team stands when? And Bishop and Anton who Hudobin are both healthy. And then let me ask you this, Jason, and then Patrick, I'll jump over to you. When you do have them both healthy and Hudobin has been playing a majority of your games, do you go back to a 50-50? Or is Hudobin your one A and is Bishop your one B, or vice versa? Do you put Bishop out there and try to get him back into that one A role?
1: You know, that's a great question. I'd like to think that Dobby is comfortable. Uh in his career to say like, you know what? I am truly the, you know, for all intents and purposes, he is our backup goalie. So I think he's comfortable in that role knowing, Hey, I am a number two behind Bishop. Now, am I better than Bishop at times? Yes. But you know, this is this guy's role. He gets paid a shit ton of money. So make him earn it. Yeah. He gets the big, big bags. Uh, Yeah. I
0: mean, that's a, I mean, that's a great take. You do hire him as a backup. He is your backup. He just happened to go on a historic run and just made him the bag with 3.5 mil. Uh, Patrick, same question. I mean, you've if you've got Hudobin on another run like he had going into the Stanley Cup or through the Stanley Cup playoffs, rather, do you shoe Ben Bishop in back as your 1A or do you have that sit-down talk and say, hey, listen, Bish, I mean, Hudobin's on a tear. You see it. You're a professional goalie. We're not going to pull him. What 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 do you think they do?
2: To be honest, I think they probably just leave Hudobin in. But it probably doesn't really matter because, kind of going to call back to the, the documentary, they're such a cohesive unit that I think the accolades of, oh, well, I'm the starter and you're the backup don't necessarily matter as long as somebody gets the win and stays healthy and okay, I'm tired, I need a break, Bish, you're in, Hudobin, you're in, let's get it done. I don't think the nomenclature of the death chart really makes any difference at all. So if Hudobin is, you know, giving up a goal a game for five games in a row and Bish is back and he's ready to go, I think he says, let's just roll with it. Dobby, I'm here when you need a break and we'll, uh, we'll just see what happens. Yeah,
0: I mean, we're in a... Hopefully, very comfortable position moving forward. Um, obviously, with the, the league still being up in the air, I know uh, the NHL commissioner, Gary Batman, a little short hobbit looking guy, has been pushing for a, the January 1st puck drop with a full 82 game season, but that is TBD. We do not know if that's going to happen. You can bet your ass that we'll be probably the 945th news outlet to report it that day, but we will still report it nonetheless. I want to make a statement right now, and this is not in any way, shape, or form um, a Texas hockey-related statement. So chastise me, if you will. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that Jacob Markstrom is going to win the Vesna Trophy as the NHL's premier goalie next season, no matter what that season may hold. If it's an 82-game season, if it's a shortened 48-game season, whatever they do. That guy is a unit. He's like a younger version, healthier version of Ben Bishop. They're both extremely tall, lanky goalies. And that dude, I mean, with a team like the Flames and their defensive unit, if they can stay tight, I definitely see Markstrom winning the Vesna Trophy. I say that, too, because he plays for the Calgary Flames. And we haven't touched on this yet as a as a group. I know people have wanted have been wanting us to talk about this subject for a while now because it is a hot topic, and I wanted to reserve a little bit more time for it. We've got to talk about the reverse retros, and not so much just about the stars. I want to know you guys' top three and bottom three, and the reason I wanted to kind of shimmy my way from the flames into this reverse retro talk is definitely because that flaming Horsehead, known as Blasty has made its way into my list. So Patrick, starting with you, let's go each of our top three jerseys. Patrick, from three to one, hit us with your top three reverse retro jerseys and a quick little pitch as to why.
2: righty. so top three, bottom three. Starting with number three, I'm going to go with the Colorado Avalanche. As much as I am unhappy to say that, <laughs> the reference to the Quebec Nordiques, um, the Florida de lis taking it all and wrapping it up in that crisp white, um, the blue against the maroon just really pops. And all in all, it's just a really badass jersey. I think it's going to look sick on the ice. I haven't seen what the pants look like or the helmet and the overall scheme. But the jersey by itself, or the sweater by itself uh, is pretty badass. Okay, hey, before
0: we we move on, um, I did want to say that too. Uh, I, I had a talk with my buddies over at the morning skate, and we all discussed the same exact thing. These jerseys look awesome. Just wait until we see the accessories that go with it. and then we can kind of, you know kind of reorder things if we need to. But anyway, that being said, Your number two, hit us with it.
2: Number two is the Coyotes, the Arizona Coyotes. The purple. Going loud, going loud. I love the colors. I love the details. The desert motif is really obvious. And it's just something that's really different from what you typically see in the NHL. It's really loud. And this will be my last mention of the accessories, like you just said. (laughs) <laughs> whatever they do i'm hoping maybe they kind of fade into orange pants and a purple helmet i think that'd look pretty cool but the sweater by itself is really well put together and it just screams arizona so i think they did a killer job
1: absolutely those uniforms when you look at them like you said it's what i picture in arizona just right what arizona looks like honestly like all the colors they used for it, it, it was perfect. Like I, I there, there's one of my favorites, honestly, but they did not make my top three. But we'll 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 get into that.
2: That's all right. Spread spreading the love a little bit. I think I think my number one is gonna be in your top three, and Jeff probably in your top three as well. And that is the Anaheim Ducks. Oh,
0: that's a hot take. If I had a siren, I would press it there were sirens going off for the tornado warning. Now there's sirens going off for the hot take by Patrick.
2: Absolutely. You know what? I've had previous hot takes with the Mooderous. I'm going to continue that this week. Everything about it is awesome. I love the stripes. I love the atypical font. The motion on the duck character with breaking through the ice. The color scheme. It's If I was a Ducks fan, I'd buy one. I don't have the money to buy one. Just as a hockey fan in general, I have to stick to Stars gear. But all in all, I think if you want to make a statement with a reverse retro, that's probably as bold as you can go, and it still works. So I can't wait to see what it looks like in a game.
0: Yeah, I mean, and this is... I might be showing my age here a little bit, Patrick. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched... Uh, Look it up on Disney Plus. There's actually a Mighty Ducks cartoon. Uh, It was made uh, coinciding with the Mighty Ducks movies.
1: And and, it was great.
0: And it was great. And it only lasted, I think, one season, which is an absolute damn shame. But I, I would behoove those that are listening to go check it out because it is pretty much the main character on the chest of this jersey. Before you do the bottom three, I want to hear Jason's top three. I'm going to hit you with my top three, and then we'll go to the the womp womps. we
2: will just shit all over the remaining jerseys.
0: Just absolutely go out, just mayhem on these garbage
1: sweaters. (laughs) Alrighty. Uh, Top three. Uh, First off, first and foremost, I have to say, I 100% love, love, love the Minnesota jerseys. What yes, what? absolutely. Dude, I agree. I I I have always what? loved that color I've always loved that color combination. And I understand, you know, the North Star is still and everything, but that logo that they have has always been genius to me. Like with you know, with the head and everything and how the eye is the North Star. There's just something about that jersey that I 100 percent love. It looks so and good. It is uh uh-huh. Oh my god, i I feel and- so so alone <laughs> right now. Dude, and if it wasn't, I—I I mean, maybe I should throw them in the the bottom, like not necessarily in the bottom, but like the top, the the third of my top. But I absolutely love those jerseys. They—they're they're legendary. Like, oh, even like the font on the back—it was just, mm, it's classic. I love it.
2: I wish the stars could have used that color scheme personally, and tied it into yeah, to maybe the '99 jersey. But yeah, I agree. It's just really well executed.
1: Mm-hmm. Oof, wow. Okay. You mean, I,
2: dude? definitely hot me. I know. It, it was a hot take. I know. We're coming uh, in here, but this also all the hot takes.
1: No, it's it's on fire because next up is also Colorado. I dude, those. I mean, okay. touch on all the hot pots, uh, hot parts out on the 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 Florida. Liz, you know, it it's all. They were perfect. I think. Throw back to the Nordiques. You know, uh, I I'm glad they threw it back to the Nordiques.
2: It's just a uh, and oh, go ahead. oh, sorry, I was going to say it's just a really nice blend of like simplicity and history with not going to over the top. Right. That's my opinion.
1: And, you know, and, and keeping those Colorado colors because I, I, you know, sadly, I'm a, co- a fan of the maroon color a little bit. You know, given that that I hate A and M that much. Uh, okay,
0: but. wow. I'm just gonna see myself out <laughs> of this one, guys. I don't even know. I don't even know how to feel anymore.
1: No, 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 no. I'm I'm not a super big maroon fan, but I, I've always liked the Abs. They've had a small little. They have, they over their history, I think they've done great jerseys. You know, I think that little C logo that they have is kind of it's great. It's very it's very Colorado, and I think Colorado's done great with jerseys, and and this just proves it. Uh, and then next up, uh, I've got Carolina. Those oh, that's raccoons. your number one. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's my number three. Sorry, I, I went Minnesota, oh. Colorado. Sorry. Wait, Minnesota so, was my... your top? Yes, absolutely, dude. Wow, absolutely, Um wow. It, it, Dude, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but those Whalers unis, man, those are, have always been, always
2: been one of my favorites.
0: Wow. <laughs>
2: Yeah, man, I, I like Minnesota, you, hot, but, hot takes, man. But having Minnesota at one is a hot take as well. Yeah, that is a steaming
0: that, pile of hot take. <laughs> you no, know, because
2: that's how much I love those
1: colors. That that green and yellow was green and gold, really. You know, that was always one of my favorites growing up.
0: I mean, I won't argue. I won't argue. It's your it's your opinion and you're entitled to it. Tell me more an about answer, this wheeler. I'm sorry, Hurricanes. Sorry, Hartford, uh, the Whalers. I'm sorry. Look at it. I can't even – the teams are using each other's things. Imagine being a Hartford Whalers diehard, with like a Hartford Whalers tattoo, and the Carolina Hurricanes come along. One, they take your team and they say, yeah, these are our jerseys now.
1: Dude, that that gray, it's beautiful. But that logo, it's a classic logo. It was always one of my faves too growing up. And, you know, whenever I was playing NHL 93, that was – that was my team. That was my go-to team at the time. So, And it had to do with the jerseys. Well,
0: I mean, it's funny that you say that. You segued me right into my top three, starting with I'm going three, two, one I'm going to go a little bass backwards on you. Um, no, it is sorry, the I Hurricanes. The no, you're good. It's the Hurricanes is my number three. Even though they did basically rip the entire uniform from the Hartford Whalers, uh, a team that no longer exists. I love the ode, much like how they did with the Avalanche, so the, with the Nordiques. I love the ode to the original logo from where they came from. Um, I, I think that's a brilliant move marketing-wise. I love the cute little whale on the shoulder. Who does it? Uh, the little whale was my background on my phone for the last week, and I actually just changed it to the Whalers logo. I, I'm just a big fan of the old hockey logos. Any Anything like that, I'm a sucker for uh, I love the stripes on the bottom. I love the diagonal stripes on the sleeves all around big winner. Number two, I'm a big fan of big logos and the Florida Panthers put a gigantic kitty cat on their Jersey and it's just jumping out all nasty and fears like and it just it screams mid 90s. I love that they flipped the red that used to be on the chest for that Jersey to the shoulders it's the rep the reverse retro and put that blue on the chest and put the red on the shoulders i said i mean this the gold, the subtle gold with the blue and red and the cat on the front the panther itself it was a home run no question for me and then my, my number one i've already kind of spoiled it but blasty calgary flames that flaming horse said if you couldn't give me the mutaris, the flaming horse head, was a very close second place for me. I absolutely love this jersey. I'm looking at all the jerseys right now. And outside of that, Calgary Flames jersey, the Blackhawks is the only other jersey that has a predominantly black scheme. And I love it. I think black jerseys with with loud accents pop. And I love I love the the Flames logo. I think it's one of the sickest logos in the league. I still think the Atlanta Flames logo from back in the day with the flaming A. One of the sickest now defunct logos amazing. ever. Um, but yeah, those are, those are my top three. Uh, Patrick, and just like we brought it around, now yeah, we got to go with the bottom. We got to know what your poop poo pile is.
2: Okay, these are going to go in no particular order because it's hard for me to decide which one is the absolute worst. So I'm just going to start okay. out with the Detroit Red Wings. That jersey is just uninspired to me. It looks like a practice jersey, or if you really want to call back one of the the super boring NHL All-Star jerseys that they did with the uh, the black and white and only the team colors a couple years ago. It's, yes, I think it was two seasons ago. Yeah, it's it's really just not anything special. It's just kind of there. If I was watching a game and I didn't know that the game had started yet and I saw them out there, I'd be like, oh, well, this is like a recap from practice earlier today. It's just it just yeah. doesn't.
0: it's just un... I think you nailed it. Uninspiring. Did it even try?
2: Yeah, it's I'm... it's not horrible. I just the opportunity was there to do something different. And I know the Red Wings are probably a little bit more difficult because their uniforms and logo have been largely unchanged since the 30s but i just feel like they could have gone a little bit more creative with it second is the nashville predators
0: love that love that love that
2: that yellow is one they already have i like to call it radioactive cat piss yellow (laughs) (laughs) i love that that's great it doesn't make it different from their current radioactive cat piss yellow just because you threw some white on the shoulders it's not reverse it's not retro you can see them wear yellow 10 times a season at home now like you'll you'll really not be able to tell the difference unless like i guess you're a nashville fan which i'm gonna refrain from making too many comments in case we have any nashville predators fans listening but i I think
1: we're in that i think we're clearing that department (laughs) right now at the at
0: this specific moment, we're clear, but uh, give us like a couple months.
2: So I we're blowing up yeah. <laughs> I'm probably biased because I don't like Nashville in general. It's just not good. I hate that yellow color.
1: I think it was pretty much give up. They're like, oh, oh, like they forgot the the deadline, and they're like, oh, uh, uh, let's take that cat piss yellow and uh, yeah. let's open trips on it. Oh, all right, cool. Submit, yeah. it. submit it to Adidas. Let's go. Yeah. Fist bumps all around.
0: Exactly. I, I think they really could have done a lot with this one, because if you guys remember, Paul Correa played for the Predators for a little while, and they have those like really dark navy blue with almost like cream white accents. Those were a chef's kiss. Those were those were delightful. And then instead, they peed on a sweater and said, let's put it on their back. Exactly.
1: They actually called me, and they were like, hey, do you, do you have a cat that we can use, right? I'm like, yeah. You can borrow mine.
0: And then you were like, well, if the cat's dehydrated, I got your back.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, enough R. Kelly talk. What's your What's your third poopoo platter jersey?
2: I hate that I have to say this. And I put a little sad face in my notes. Your Dallas Stars.
0: <laughs>
2: I'm so disappointed. Not because we didn't get the Muterus, although that is part of it.
0: Mm -hmm. no i'm with you on that one
2: it is so much white i like the overall 90s inspired look that's great i don't like that you can't see the stars unless it's in certain light on the front because it's in silver lettering on white Mm -hmm. i don't like that you have Mm -hmm. green black and then more white down at the bottom and then i super don't like that it's white helmet white sweater white pants, white gloves, white socks. I now that is that is
0: let's say it's like 90% confirmed. It's like almost completely confirmed. So there is still time. I think you could toss like maybe the green pants and the green helmet and you might be able to save it. But again, TBD.
1: I I think it was they went the complete opposite of the the you know the blackout unis they were like oh we need to do polar opposites and that's what happened this is what they came up with
0: okay here's my argument and this is and i'm i'm with everybody that it is a lot of white i like these jerseys here's my argument they're called the reverse retro jerseys so what they basically did is they took those jerseys that everyone was wanting and said we're going to give you the exact opposite And reverse the entire color scheme so you don't get any gold you don't get any black you just get white and green deal with it
1: so it's opposite day there
0: it's opposite day there okay so Um, but i'm with you patrick i'm big sad face i think it's a big bummer i think they could have really done a lot more here even just a little more green uh will i buy it maybe on sale I just don't buy white jerseys. I get them dirty. Uh, But I'm looking at all these jerseys, and the only other jersey that has that much white is the Detroit jersey. So definitely a bummer. Jason, uh, if you have a three-to-one, if they're all equally hated, hit me with your poo-poo platter.
1: (laughs) No, so we've already talked about Dallas. I don't think we want to hit on them anymore. Uh, So I will replace them with the Sabres. Definitely not a fan. I like the logo. I definitely like the logo. But again, we kind of went, we were talking about the white jersey. It wasn't all white. But at the same time, I don't want to read uh, Buffalo across the, the jock there, man. Like, put that shit on the <laughs> You know, you don't have to put it that low. My eyes are up here, you
2: know. It's an interesting placement uh, choice. I,
1: right. Like, it, it could have, it, hell, it could have even gone on the back of it. But, like, in the front, I don't think anybody's going to actually see it, you know.
0: It, yeah, it, it's funny you say that, because if you look at the Capitals jerseys, the Capitals are the same way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They have a Capitals emblem of lettering across the bottom of the jersey. So I don't know if it's just something that a couple of teams were like, ah, you know what, uh, just throw it in there. Right. It's very
1: possible. Uh, number two, I guess, on the list, uh, New York Islanders very much give up. I mean, did they? did, did they, they even did they try? try? Yeah. I mean, uh, they've had a history. I mean, not like the Detroit Red Wings or anything like that where it hasn't been changed since the 30s. But I swear to God, I've seen this jersey every season since the 80s. I mean, the only it variation
0: the is the
2: color. color. It just Same. took the current blue and made it like half a shade darker.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's really, I guess.
2: I, that's really it, I think.
0: You have the fisherman waiting in the wings to be on a jersey again. Mm-hmm. And this is what
1: you do. Yep.
2: Oh, Unbelievable. The fisherman is the Islanders' mooderous.
1: Oh, and it's just. Oh, they'll
2: never get it again.
1: So sad. Why not give the fans what they want? Yeah. The people uh, going. Exactly. You know, <laughs> get the, it's what they want. Uh, and the next step is Detroit. Again, massive give up. It's so white. Back to what you were saying. Like, I, I eat hot dogs and everything at the game. I'm going to spill ketchup on my jersey. Mm-hmm. And please don't. Let the entire world know that I spilled ketchup on my jersey. I mean, really
2: and good luck. I that, have
1: uh, like
0: refried, I have refried beans on one of my jerseys. So, you know, <laughs> live your life,
1: Texas man.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, but yeah, and then again, the stars, man. Oh, we could have did yeah. did so much more. That's a that's a tough one. Um, um I did have one runner up for uh the top one was uh the Devils. I was a big fan of that Devils jersey. Really the Christmas colors. Yeah, no, no, no. I like it. it. It very much reminds me of uh Seinfeld, uh David Putty. Yeah, he's yeah. a big, you know, uh Devils fan, and I yeah. it just reminds me of him. So I mean, these are all interesting takes, guys.
0: Uh I will say that the, the bottom three I think were all pretty closely related. Uh Patrick, I hate to do this to you, but my number three was actually the Anaheim Ducks jersey. I, I just it didn't hit for me. I get it, Ooh. man. I think this is very cheeky 90s. I think this is like, I can go on eBay and look up starter jerseys, and this is the one that pops up. I can't take a professional hockey team serious when they take the ice in these. I mean, if you think about Ryan Getzlav, the, cap- the captain of the Anaheim Ducks, and he takes the ice in this, and what I can only presume is going to have that same kind of like weird teal green helmet and pants, it just, the, 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 this asymmetric writing you were talking about on the back just comes off as like, these are human beings in a comic book. I, it just doesn't hit for me. And for the sake of, because I'll be completely honest on my list, I had the Islanders and Red Wings. The only comment I'll make about the Red Wings is, yes, it's a fast shirt, practice jersey. And yes, they put duct tape on it and they sent it into Adidas. That's literally what they look like they did. They said, <laughs> we need a piece of duct tape on the elbows and on the bottom, leave everything else normal. Um, I do have a couple of on-the-fly worst ones. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Boo! That, really? You yeah. have, that's just, you have so much history with that team coming from Atlanta. No pun intended, ha-ha, jokes all around. But that could have done, so, they could have done so much more with that colorway. I don't like how the striping is on the sleeves. It separated the that dark gray with the white and then the blue. And then, I mean, Guys, the wild jersey is disgusting. Not because oh, of the no. colorway. I hate, I hate that logo. I've hated that logo since day one. I think if they were to do that big crooked M on the chest, you could have had a little bit of something there. Okay. Um, I will say this much, that colorway is sick, but that is the Minnesota North Stars colorway, which the Dallas Stars own the rights to.
1: And maybe that's why I liked it so much. You know, it was wishful thinking on my part that the stars do it.
0: And that's, I I get that to me. And this, I've said this and I've gone on record saying it. It just feels like an ex-girlfriend that just can't get over you. And it's like, well, I'm going to change my profile picture on Facebook to something that I know he'll like. And then they put the colors in and they said, we're definitely gonna rattle the feathers in Dallas with this one. And guess what? Feathers rattle. It's not your team. You lost it. You call yourself the state of hockey in Minnesota, and you can't even keep your NHL franchise. And everyone else that goes and plays there, your career dies there. Minnesota Wild, we suck. Jeez. All right. I'm sorry. I just I've been I've been brewing on that for a while. It just it hurts me that they think that that's their team, even though we've got the North Star emblem and colors hung in the Raptors at the American Airlines Center, where the Dallas Stars call home. I
1: I also have one more probably hot take. Uh, one other jersey I kind of really love, and you know we only have so much room in the top three, was the St. Louis oh, blue. No, dude, I I <laughs> liked. I liked. I like the red, man. It was weird, you know. But I I enjoyed it. That's all. I'm I feel say.
0: I feel like Patrick said the oh no because of the same reason that I was so upset when you guys picked the wild jerseys.
1: It's just
2: because of who they are. I get it. It's because of who they
1: are. <laughs> so I, I get it. So
2: I was gonna mention them as like just outside the bottom for me. Because they're the St. Louis Blues. Not the St. Louis Not the Reds
1: yes
0: okay Can we, yes
1: come on
2: Let, yeah
0: let's take a moment to look at that it literally is all red and yellow with a shade of blue okay maybe more of a shade of yellow but for the sake of argument yes it's like if you wanted to put the toronto maple leaves jersey up there and then put like an oak leaf on it like i don't know how that would go over so well you know but i i i, get, I, I appreciate again reverse retro they reverse the colors i get that i think if they're going to reverse the colors all the teams have to be on board because it looks like some of these teams didn't like again islanders what are you thinking unbelievable unbelievable and well i think it's safe to say that we don't have any bias uh when it comes to our style profile on this podcast um so i think we all made great arguments. I think we all have differing arguments, but I think the one thing that we can absolutely agree upon is the muterous needs to come back in some sort of way in a very, very short amount of time in the very near
1: future. I, I think if we can rally the troops, we can get a petition signed. And I think if we go to change.org or something like that and get that petition going... I I'm with you on really this. Have to I'm with it. you on
0: this. I actually, one of my favorite <laughs> things I've ever done as like whatever you want to call me creator whatever podcast whatever i started a a change.org website to protest dan and shay being the music artists at the winter (laughs) classic
1: yeah absolutely
0: i was so furious when they announced them but that is a story for another day maybe we can go over our weirdest quirks and most hated moments in hockey history that didn't involve the actual game of hockey so that's pretty much a wrap on what we have for this episode i do want to touch on a couple more things that we're really excited about one i want to give a quick shout out there is a beer league team down in houston in the old hounds league by the name of the texas dreadnoughts these guys reached out to us they are friends of the show they are the dreadnoughts and they have a giant ship on their jersey Uh, We will be posting both of the jerseys, which are for sale for a really cool cause on our social media in the near future, whenever this episode is live with you guys. It is the only team that represents a museum ship in the country. That is right. They actually are a recreational hockey team that represents a museum ship. Uh, you can go check them out on instagram I will actually post a link uh, in the near future. they're selling their jerseys for a hundred dollars they have these sick navy blue ones and then they have these kind of like off navy uh, colored jerseys with red knots across the chest. that one is probably the one that I will end up picking up soon um, and like I said all proceeds go, to restoring the ship. It's a historical ship that's sitting in the bay there in the Houston area. Uh, Go check them out. Really cool cause, really great people. Shout out to them. Thanks for supporting the show. Um, And last but certainly not least, I know we're all excited about this. We are actually going to be bringing on our first guest in the very near future, or not bringing on our first guest. We're gonna do an interview with this guy. If you have ever been to a game at the American Airlines Center, or I believe is the Dr. Pepper Ballpark, is uh, this homie doing the music there too,
1: Jason? Uh, yeah, and he is also doing the... I think he's splitting time with Chuck Morgan now uh, at the Rangers ballpark. So
0: Unbelievable. Uh, Unbelievable. At this point, if you're a P1, uh, then now and forever, uh, or if you're a fan of any local sports uh, here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you probably know who we're talking about. Uh, we're going to be bringing on... Uh, the one sire, Michael Gruber, Grooves himself is going to be joining us. Um, Shoopy, uh, Shoopy uh, you know, he's got names across the board. This man has a large following in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We are hoping that he can come on and have a great time with us. Yeah, Groobs is going to be coming on the show, and I could not be more excited about it. Uh, guys, I hate to be cliche, but you know, it is Thanksgiving week. And before we wrap this episode up, you know, what's, uh, what's one thing you're thankful for? I want to throw up. I want to throw up. That's so cliche, but I want to do it. Uh, Patrick, one thing you're thankful for, and it doesn't even have to be sports related. If you want it to be mine's probably going to be sports related.
2: I will stay away from sports. I think. And I will just say, I'm thankful to be healthy, to continue to have a job, which a lot of people don't. And, you know, our thoughts go out to them and hope they're doing okay. Uh, And I just got married um, two months ago, almost two months ago now. So I'm thankful to have somebody to be stuck in quarantine with that doesn't drive me batshit crazy. Most of the time, <laughs> love you, Steve.
0: Yeah, maybe Definitely. we'll maybe we'll maybe we'll tag her in it and say, you know, special special shout out. You have to right listen the to the, the whole
2: thing to hear the shout out. No fast forwarding. I mean, don't don't fast. Hey, that's
0: yeah, no fast forward. Yeah. That's why they call them teasers. Yep. Uh, Jason, uh, you know, we're passing the turkey over to you. You got the gravy. What are you thankful for on this beautiful 2020 uh, Thanksgiving
1: week? you know uh, honestly kind of echo what patrick said thankful for my health right now man you know fortunately i've stayed covid free uh, you know got a got a good life going on right now got a 18 month old here got a wonderful wife we're living it up and grateful for my family honestly man they they've been getting me through these weird times and uh, grateful for you guys man you guys you guys have been a lot of fun And you're not
0: so bad yourself. I'm grateful for you guys for sure. I'm grateful that we were able to get together and get this podcast really kind of started. I think we were all just kind of like, you know what, let's just do it. Might as well. I mean, just to echo what you guys said, super grateful for my health, uh, my friends, my family. Um, I am not married. I am forever alone. It is always quiet in my head and in my home. (laughs) Uh, Super grateful for all my, for all the, all the people that have been, you know, in contact with me throughout this entire year uh, throughout this entire journey of trying to become something that i'm not and that is a journalist and a podcaster uh, but yeah we're we're well on our way and uh yeah thankful for all all of you that have stuck with us for the three episodes it's been a long journey this is basically like lord of the rings trilogy the part of the first part um you know or the hobbit i don't know but maybe this is more of the hobbit maybe this is just our. Our, we're getting our short legs under us, but um,
2: <laughs> the prequel to the to when shit really starts to go down. Yeah,
0: weird. yeah, yeah. The shit has yet to to hit the fan, and and man, when it does, watch out, world, because we're coming in hot, hot, stinky uh, fan shit. So, <laughs> but with that being said, uh, guys, that's a wrap on episode three. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. And as always. Don't forget your Kermit tattoos.